Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doink and Doink Connection podcast with David and I talk all things professional wrestling. Wrestling. In tonight's episode, we're going to be going over everything that happened in the previous week of professional wrestling, including, in one of my opinion, the the birth of the the number one pick for the Women's Rumble. Not even the birth, but like the appearance for of the number one choice for the Rumble. Um, a lot of Dusty Cup to go over, and when I say a lot, like there's a lot of interesting things that happened with the Dusty Cup that we need to go over. Yeah. And the continuation of probably the best storyline going in professional wrestling right now with the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. Well, there's two really good storylines going on in wrestling right now. Um, obviously, the Tribal Chief, but also everything that's going on over in AEW with uh, The Collector. The Collector being Moxley? Being one, no. No. Um, Kenny? Champion right now. Kenny Omega. I didn't even see anything from Kenny this week. No, it's just they they continue to do stuff with him, like the painting of him in uh oh yeah, you know little things that they're doing, which is interesting. But I mean AEW is kind of weird this week. It it almost feels like a little bit of a wash. Yeah, it did. Um, there, it's, ironically, I only have one note from uh, AEW this week. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, but we're gonna start off with Monday Night Raw. Um. The show opened with a Randy Orton um, segment, as it does normally, um, and it it debuted a new look for Orton. I liked it. Um, I liked it a the, lot. The, the newest luchador in professional wrestling. I think people need to get over that. That's a burn victim mask. I know. That's that. It's not a luchador mask. I I see a lot of people commenting about that. That that just needs to stop. It is ideal for what is going on with Orton. You know, all the stuff they used to joke about with Kane about how he was a burn victim and that's why he wore his mask. Now now you have a real burn victim wearing a real mask because mm-hmm. he was taken to the cleaners by one Alexa Bliss. So um I like the promo he cut. Um I like how this is just continuing to build as a story towards an inevitable head-to-head once again with the fiend. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you go from here, since both of them have been set on fire. But there is places to go, and there are things that will happen. And I can't wait till we get there. And I love that um, one Randall Keith Orton is embracing this, embracing mm-hmm. his pain, embracing yeah. his rage and his hate. The the pain is is fueling his voices, and it's it, he's embracing it. He's loving the pain. He's embracing the pain. Yeah. It's it's helping him to become more, as you said, ruthless and angry and destructive. Ruthless aggression. Yeah. Um. Then we have um, another segment where retribution is continuing to pick up victories. Yeah. They're Be being it a very over, dominant it's, force. It's it's over smaller talents, um, but it's still victories because that's how you build a faction. Well, it's not just we got to get over the fact that they're fighting smaller guys because unfortunately, the guys who are in this stable, when you look at, um, I'm just gonna call them who they are, which is Dominic Dijakovic and uh, Dio um, Madden. 
Dio Madden. They're both larger men. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the tag teams that you can see them two facing off against are smaller guys. Like there is no more AOP in mm-hmm. the E. The Viking Raiders are not around right now. So you're going to be dealing with smaller tag teams. And you face what you face. And right now with Kofi Kingston being out, you're going to face Xavier Woods. And those bigger guys should dominate Xavier Woods. And once again, they did. Simple as that. Yeah. Because um, I don't think you, as at this point, can legitimize um, Dominic Dajakovic or Dio Madden, T-Bar, or Mace going against any other guy and dominating as they have been. No, you, you really couldn't. I do think, though, I think there's somebody lurking who may come in and start um, taking members of Retribution out one at a time. I just don't know um, what the plans are with this specific person because he's been off TV for quite some time. I'm trying to figure out who is it you're talking about. It's not Lee. Or is it Lee? One Alistair Black. Okay. Um, I'm wondering... If him being off TV is to then have him build up to be like this person who comes out after and against retribution. And almost anti-hero? Kind of. Yeah, because you got to remember him and Ricochet did team up for a little bit. So yeah, I'm they did. if maybe having them team up once Correct again. Correct me if I'm wrong. They idea. won the Dusty Cup. Um, I don't remember if they won the Dusty Cup. I do know that their final match was a tag team match together on NXT um, on a takeover event. I just don't remember if it was after they had won a Dusty Cup or something. I just Let know me. that their last match was against was against the was it against Alistair the Raiders? Black and Ricochet won the Dusty Cup in 2019 before the Broserweights did. They won okay. it last year. And Alistair Black and Ricochet won the Dusty Cup. Okay, makes sense then. I just I'd like to see um, a returning returning Alistair Black and, um, do something big. And they won a match against um, War Raiders. Yes, because the Raiders were still the champs in NXT. Um, NXT. That's I do remember that. That was one of yeah, the things a- that I do remember because out of all of the Dusty Cups, I think there's been five so far. I think this is the sixth iteration. Only two traditional tag teams have won because the first winners were um, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. Yep. Second winners were Authors of Pain. Third winners were the UE. Then it was Alistair and Ricochet. Then it was the Broserweights. I thought that Champa and Gargano won. They have not. No, they did not win a Dusty Cup. Okay. No, there's only been five winners, and then whoever wins this year's. Okay. Which we will be talking about some Dusty Cup stuff in a little bit. Yeah, both male and female coming up in a little bit. Yeah. Um, before we get to your next note, we have to talk Ricochet versus AJ Styles. That was a good match. A good match? What? Dude, we got that on free TV. Valid. Like, that was incredible, that match. Did you see the way 
he got into that Styles Clash. Mm-hmm. He bounced him off the ropes. Yeah. I, I, I'm still speechless. I still go back and I watch that clip. And that was Monday. Yeah. AJ Styles is again proving he's the best wrestler in the world. I'm best wrestler uh, in I'm not the saying, world. I'm not going to say I'm starting to believe because I know he's, if not the best, in the top two. Um, but it's it's starting to lean towards number one for me. Thank you. You're away, welcome. Away from Kenny Omega. But as of right now, Kenny Omega is making a, making a name for himself again. I know I know he is. I, I understand that. But Kenny Omega is needing a belt to make a name for himself. AJ Styles is just doing this to do this. Um, I don't think the belt is what's making this this uh, Kenny Omega character relevant again. Oh, I it think is. it's his it's his it, heel turn to become the cleaner again. It, it's the belt. It's the chase for all the other belts. That's what's making Kenny Omega Kenny Omega right now. Kenny Omega isn't what he was putting out and portraying over in New Japan. This is Kenny Omega chasing belts, being the cleaner. And in order to keep Kenny Omega's name relevant, you have to have him in all these different storylines that are intertwined between these different, you know, promotions and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But AJ Styles is going out into the ring, and every week he's facing somebody new, and every week he's putting on five-star matches. But and didn't, he, didn't he two weeks ago face off against Drew Gulak? He faced off against Drew Gulak. He faced off against Elias. I mean, he he's going out there, and he's putting on matches with everybody mm-hmm. and the only thing that you have that you're seeing out of this is once again him showing that it's royal rumble season and he's getting primed for the royal rumble so this mm-hmm. way he can make a push for the wwe title or that yeah. universal title whatever it may be yeah okay i'll give you it but now, we had I'll a big you return talk- this week i'll let you talk about this because i i left this out we called this we called um, this we didn't call the second half of the guy from uh santa claus coming out and playing drew mcintyre but as is usual, The Miz goes and does something dumb, and he goes to mock the two people who are in the WWE Championship match. So we had Gilberg, which it's good to see him out in the ring. Um, you know, he had a heart attack less than three months ago. He's back on his feet. He's out in the ring. He's, you know, doing his whole shtick. He's being Gilberg. Being Gilberg, making fun of Goldberg, which is important. And then um, we had a fake Drew McIntyre come out who was the kid who plays um, the elf in Santa Claus, came out as the fake Drew McIntyre. (laughs) And, um, you know, just the Miz being the Miz, running those guys down, talking about how no matter who is the champion after the Royal Rumble, um, they will have to defend it against the Miz, and the Miz is going to cash in, and the Miz is going to win the WWE Championship. Um, I mean, I, I'd like the whole money in the bank thing to be done with the Miz. I hope, you know, it's going to, I think it's going to end up being Goldberg. I think he's going to end up winning the title and then he's going to so, split Miz clean in half with a monster spear. So what I would like to happen if Goldberg is to win the title is that Miz cashes in towards the end of their chat title match at rumble mcintyre okay. never eats a pin the miz does so that way mcintyre does not have to eat a pin from goldberg okay i mean 
I personally just want McIntyre to get another uh, notch in his helmet, personally. That's what I'd like to see. Another mark on that, you know, um, Claymore sword that he has. And No, trust me. Trust me. I would reign, much rather McIntyre Goldberg's, defeat Goldberg. But Goldberg's if Goldberg, walking out with the title. If Goldberg is to win the belt, that's what I. that's how I want it to happen. Yeah, they're not going to bring Goldberg back for him not to win the title. It's simple exactly. as that. Now, moving on to, this is two separate segments um, that so we're putting bad. into one point. Alexa so Bliss bad. and Asuka. My God. This is what I was talking about when I'm saying the, the, the most likely person to win the Women's Royal Rumble is Alexa Bliss. I, I'm still going with my pick, my pick that's been going on for months now. It's Bianca Belair. Belair. Yeah, but... um. I'm going to tell you something right now. These two played so well together in this. First of all, you had Asuka come out and doing her whole yaoi wowie thing, and you had Alexa just sitting on the swing looking at her imaginary friend like, I'm sorry, I didn't expect her to be making fun of you, which was awesome. Meaning that the imaginary friend is the spirit of the fiend? Possibly. And then the second half of this, which is when you get to the main event in the match. Oh, Oh my my God. God. Like... You know, Asuka is this empress who's supposed to come down to the ring. She isn't afraid of anybody or anything. And when Alexa Bliss transformed into, I, I, I understand it's kind of cheesy. It's just black lipstick and black eyeshadow and whatever. But once she made that transformation, Asuka did not know what to do with herself. Like she was lost, absolutely lost. She she couldn't mount offense. Alexa hit her with an unbelievable sister Abigail and she got the clean pinfall and then to end it she's looking into the camera the lights go out and the regular Alexa Bliss comes back well this other version of Alexa Bliss comes back and then she says the whole let me in like such a I I know Raw misses a lot I know Raw has some really down segments and this this was a lot of yeah there was a lot of interference stuff that Raw does and roll up finishes and Whatever, it gets written at the last minute. But they are hitting on everything when it comes to Randy Orton, AJ Styles. I like the Miz stuff. And this Alexa Bliss and Asuka thing, which was a nice new little wrinkle to put into this, this was nice. This was really nice. Yeah, I'll give you it. I mean, it was a it was a, probably one of the better Raws in a while. Um, and the match quality throughout the entire show was excellent. We never we never compliment enough about the match quality that WWE puts into every episode, but every match is specifically quality. week to week. Um, yeah, not just their um, main event or main their event. opening. Yeah, or the only thing I would love pay-per-views. to change if I was um, if I was a writer for Monday Night Raw, the only thing I would like to change is maybe instead of having that opening promo every week. Maybe one of these weeks just come out and be like, hey, here's a, a match that was just announced because something happened backstage and just do something along those lines. Like you're going to be doing tonight um, this Matt Riddle gauntlet match between him and the Hurt Business. And yeah, I, I'd say open the, open the night with that. Like have him get jumped in the backstage area by the entire Hurt Business and have Adam Pierce set up the match. As the opening match of the night, there's no promos, there's nothing. Music hits, you have the Hurt Business come down, 
They're not taking it seriously. You know, the only person who's really dressed to be in the match might be the two tag team guys. And then you just have MVP in his suit or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Matt Riddle comes down and he cleans house and he wins the gauntlet match. That's how I would write this. That that would just personally be me. But, you know, I'm not paid by WWE to be a uh, writer. I'm sitting in my apartment and I'm critiquing the product the best I can. Yeah. All right. I apologize. I'm just trying to get uh, a name here. Um. There we go. Okay. So um, we're going to be moving on to NXT now, um, where the show opened with a Leon Ruff and Kushida versus The Way, Johnny Gargano, and uh, Austin Theory match, and which we had The Way possibly going to the finals. To the finals. They were Talk knocked out in the round one. Up. Well, I think this sets up. Kushida the thing that they've been trying to set up, which is Kushida versus Gargano. Gargano they've been trying to set belt. that up for weeks, which is ideal. Um, the right guy scored the right pinfall over the right guy, which was nice. Um, I think the way will eventually cost these two guys their, their run spot. within the Dusty Cup. Um, there was a lot of happenings with the Dusty Cup with tag team matches and then singles matches as well that affected other tag teams from you know, mm-hmm. being able to partake in the event. Yeah, which we'll um, get to that. We'll get to oh. next, which is Karrion Cross absolutely destroying Adonis. Yeah, Karrion Cross had a match against Ashanti Adonis um, and absolutely laid his ass out, um, actually eliminating Ashanti and his tag team partner, partner Desmond Troy, from uh, competition. So they needed to have a new competitor to go against uh, Tony Nese and Arya Davari. Um, which was announced later on after NXT. Evening. Yep. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. But another surpriser. A massive surprise. Again, bracket buster. Lucha House Party defeats Imperium. Yeah. With Alexander Wolf watching from the ramp. Yep. Returning Alexander Wolf. Which. Dude, this is does, huge. Does this does this cause dissension in Imperium? No, I think this is um Wolf coming out and being like, "Hey, um, you need to get back to the we need UK. you in UK. We need you back. This Dusty Cup isn't important. The ring is what's important, and the ring general is taking enough competition from all sides. So you need to come back, and we need to reformulate. Yeah." Because it seems like almost every couple of weeks, Walt is facing somebody for his championship. Whether it's A-Kid, whether it's Dragunov, whether it's um, um, Tyler Bate is talking about going after it again. Yeah, I think Seven um, is as well. Trent Seven. Um, and then, I, I mean, we don't even talk about the women's champion over there right now, but Kaylee, Kaylee Ray. Ray is dominating everybody. And this past week, she cut a promo saying, hey, she wants the best in the world. Who is she calling out? Is she calling out Io Shirai? Is she calling out Io Shirai? Is she calling out Charlotte Flair? Is she calling out... Asuka? Um, could she be calling out Asuka? Sasha like, Banks? I is- mean, Banks? Banks? <laughs> Like, really, this really opens up a ton of possibilities for Kaylee Ray because she's, honestly, she's beating everybody. 
mm-hmm. everybody they put in front of her in the NXT UK women's division, she is beaten from Tony Storm to Piper Niven uh, to the last few weeks when she's been beating everybody else they've been putting in the ring with her. And yeah. unlike Conor McGregor, when she puts her foot down, she puts her foot down and she takes out the competition. Yeah, McGregor gets his ass knocked out. <laughs> but that's well, beside the point. Yes. We will see um, Monarch McGregor um, in the WWE probably by next year. Probably. Monarch McGregor. When, when he needs a uh, payday. Yeah. Um, I actually saw a meme where it was Conor McGregor on the phone with Ronda Rousey saying, hey, how much is Vince paying? <laughs> that's a um, good one. So the next match is in the Women's Dusty Cup, which this goes along with our prediction. Pick, yep. Um, Caden Carter and Casey Cantanzaro defeated Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez to advance. And they were flying all over oh the place. Oh, my God, they were. And what was that thing that Cantanzaro hit to finish the match? It was some kind of, like, 450 backsplash or something. 450 body corkscrew into a plancha, into a backsplash, into a 900. What the hell did she do? Like, she made me... Sp- she did more spins than Ricochet does on some of his moves. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Incredible, man. Just absolutely incredible. They are so much fun to watch. They are. They it's, are. It's I, that's not why they were my funny. pick from the start. That's why they were my pick, man. Yeah, because they're the most legitimate tag team there is. <clears throat> Aside from maybe the way, which that's eh, but yeah, Cantanzaro and up a, they picked uh, up a big win on two hundred five live. Yeah, we'll get to the that way. in a little bit. Yep. Um, but moving on to the main event of NXT, we had the fight pit. I, see, I've come to the conclusion that whenever they introduce something, whether it's WWE or whether it's WCW back in the day, NWA, AEW, whenever they introduce something, that first one is always so special. It's always so good because you don't know what you're expecting from it. And that was a problem with this fight pit. It was still a good match. I still love the way it was handled it by the these two men in the pit. ring. But it wasn't the first one with Timothy Thatcher losing a tooth. There being, you know, blood, um, two true masters of grappling and holding with Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. This one was just different. This was like these two guys were just out there to brutalize each other. It was almost the equivalent of, let's say, Hell in a Cell 1 with Michaels and Taker and then Hell in a Cell 2 with Taker and McFoley where it was just anarchy. So here is here's my um, take on this. The fight pit match is it's a very Timothy Thatcher thing. Yes. And this match could have been contested in a steel cage and gotten the same effect that it did being in the fight pit. No. No? No. No. Do you think the match in the fight pit was fitting more than it just being in a steel cage? Yes. I think these two guys in that style of a match where realistically the only stipulation is tap out, knock out, or pin – works a little bit better versus something where there's the coward's way out of the match, which is escaping through a door or escaping over, over the, the top. top. Yeah, I find the you have to do a, a match like a steel cage when there's a coward involved. And I know the last steel cage match we saw was Owens versus Reigns, and there's really no coward there. But you do have a cowardly champion where his 
bloodline has to come out and help him win the match by I wouldn't even say cowardly I would say manipulative cowardly it's it's still cowardly because he's not manipulating Jey Uso anymore um the family the bloodline are now just doing what they do best which is they're trying to find these really cowardly and cheesy ways for Reigns to retain his title whether it's putting Adam Pearce in a match whether it's handcuffing Kevin Owens to the cage whether whether it's throwing him off the LED boards to knock him out of competition it's it's a cowardly tactic being a coward doesn't mean that you're somebody who just hides into a corner no being a coward is somebody who finds the easiest way out of trying to face your competition okay that's that's a valid enough argument. I can I can agree with that. Um, but because of this match, they are now a tag, a tag team, team, which you As called. I called. I, I was will, like, I watch. Will, I will bow down. Congratulations. I, I was like, watch. Thatcher and Champa will become a tag team. It took two matches. It took yeah. them beating the piss out of each other, but they became a tag team. Very hmm. similar to the way that Champa hmm. and Gargano became a tag team. Yeah, and what yeah. other tag team became a, a multi-time championship tag team after beating the hell out of each other seven times? Uh, Sheamus and Cesaro. Yeah, they became Thebar. Thebar. So, um, obviously, with the injuries to Adonis, they needed a tag team, so they threw Champa and Thatcher together. And this is one match that I was a I don't want to say I was disappointed in because a couple of oh man pre-pandemic I remember when they had the dad bods Tony Nice and um Mike Canellis remember yeah. when we were talking about the dad bods and they were coming out and talking about this is what a dad bod looks like and stuff like that I like Davari a lot Davari's a lot of fun he is but come on Canellis and Nice coming out to the team called the Dad Bods would have been so much better. Yeah. But so Canellis is now better. back in ROH. Yes, he is. He's back uh, in Ring Mike of Bennett, Honor. The King Mike Bennett is back in uh yeah. Ring of Honor. Which, I think he'll be he'll be back in the E soon enough though. He he's always been a good E product. His wife always had a good place there and yeah. obviously um with everything that happened and they had that really dark day where they had to really cut a lot of people. You know, Canellis was unfortunately one of those guys, but... Which, ironically, I remember the date. It was actually tax day, April 15th. Yep. Yeah, it was. Talk um, about uh, cutting some losses there. Yeah. So, moving uh, from Champ and Thatcher, which they got the win over, Nice and Davari. Yes, they did. Um, we had another um, Dusty Cup tag match uh, between Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, The Way, against Gigi Dolan and Cora Jade, uh, two newcomers to uh, yep. NXT. Um, which that's a big win for the way, um, that moves well, them forward in the, uh, bracket. Yep. I think it moves them into the proper positioning where they're going to continue to go forward. Now, the only thing that I noticed in the women's bracket is that you don't have, um, the horsewomen together. Um, yeah. One of them is actually not in the bracket. Um, yeah. Not Jessamyn Duke up, is oh, not in the yeah, bracket. There's no Jessamyn Duke. It's. Um, Zoe Stark. Marine, yeah, Zoe Stark and Marina Shafir, which was kind of odd because does that mean that Shafir is further along than Jessamyn Duke? Um, I don't know. Possibly. Um, 
then again, who I don't knows? Know, it's just odd to me. Yeah, but it still it uh, just seemed like a ready-made tag team. That's why. Yeah, you're not wrong there. But moving on, um, AEW's from, one big highlight. Yeah, which was the uh, the triple threat tag team match, uh, inner circle turmoil match, um, where they're trying to determine who is the tag team in the inner circle. And we got this one way wrong. <laughs> Maxwell MJF. Jacob Friedman and Christopher Jericho are the tag t- official tag team of the inner circle, which you have proud and powerful right there. Prime for the picking. They are a future AEW tag team champion. Yes, they are. And they go with MJF and Jericho. Just that team's not going to last long because the butting of heads of the, they're both see themselves as the leader, but now they have to work cohesively. It's not yeah, going to last. Exactly. Yeah. It, they might win the titles, but then they're going to butt heads and break up just like um, Omega and Paige did. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Is what it is. Um, which MJF had to cheat to win. As he grabbing always does. A, grabbing a uh, handful of Guevara's tights for the roll-up. Which, again, another roll-up victory. Um, and then moving on to SmackDown. Show of the Smackdown week? SmackDown was definitely the show of the week. Um, it seems like every week. <laughs> yeah. Beca- well, sometimes NXT has it has its moments, but um, week after week after week, SmackDown always uh, delivers. Yeah. And you know what's a nice thing about um, NXT is now there. I remember a couple of weeks ago, somebody was talking about how they should try to promote 205 a little bit more as a secondary show for NXT. And, uh, and now it is. Now it is. Yeah, because there was no cruiserweight action on 205 this week. It was just two Dusty Cut matches. Yeah, I'm wondering I'm wondering where that idea came from. Um, I mean... Just putting it out in the ether, just saying. But, um, I mean, SmackDown, though, this week, with the whole Heyman and Pierce angle, um, you had that another was... killer match from Cesaro and him basically oh. telling Daniel Bryan he just needs to shut up. My God, um, there was the the, the Apollo Cruz and Big E match. I know we're going to talk about how like the was sick of no contests or disqualifications and stuff, but this was the right way to do this match. Um, I know you weren't big on the obstacle course, but the obstacle course was so much fun. You know, to me. I I wasn't big on the obstacle course going into it, but it was probably one of my favorite segments from SmackDown. Yeah, I thought um, it was going to be fun, especially the way it was rigged, but um. I mean, if we start right at the top with Heyman and Pierce, like, yeah, um, that was just classic. Yeah, it was uh, Heyman saying, I'm going to be in a match against you, Adam Pierce. And and I love how, and we'll get to it, how it changed in the end, is Pierce's words came back to bite him in the ass. Yep. Uh, we'll get back to the end, uh, get that to that at the end. Um, and then we had Charlotte and Asuka defeating the Riot Squad. Via Charlotte a, scoring the uh, pinfall on Ruby Riot after the natural selection, but yeah. Billy Kay actually cost them the match because they had a roll up victory. Yeah, and Billy Kay was distracting the referee. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, I like how she came out though. She was rocking out with him and stuff like that, playing the air guitar. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. She's that was she's, last week, I think. Um, was the first time they did that, or was that, or was this the first time this she was, was the out first there? Time that all three of them walked out together. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. That's right. Um, the next segment uh, was the Cesaro versus Dolph Ziggler. Let these first guys of all, it's fight. Cesaro, it's Cesaro versus Daniel Bryan. First off, with him calling out Daniel Bryan, saying, yes. "Hey, listen, I already beat you. I don't need to fight you again. So this is an open challenge. Who wants to come out and fight me?" My only thing is, let these guys fight as much as they want because they're excellent in the ring. And like I said, WWE's wrestling product has been phenomenal for weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks. We're not seeing a lot of bad matches. We may be seeing some bad finishes, but we're not seeing bad matches. My thing is, is this is one half of your SmackDown Tag Team Champions. He does not need to be out here in singles competition. You're kind of forgetting about the SmackDown Tag Team Championship belts again because between what was going on with Mr. Ziegler and then the stuff that was going on with the Street Profits backstage with um, Sonya Deville. Deville. Like, it just seems like, again, the tag team division has kind of fallen by the wayside. And that tends to happen around Royal Rumble season because obviously it's every man for himself. Yeah, and everyone's focusing on the Rumble and blah, 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 blah. Yes, but... It, it doesn't take away the tag team else, wrestling. Anybody else could have came out for this open challenge. Anybody. Like... I mean, I know we're not seeing him, but Andrade. You know what would have been really freaking Alistair cool? Black. A debuting uh, Damian Priest. Uh, exactly. But then, I don't know if Priest... I, they're pushing Cesaro for some reason. They're pushing him right now. Yeah, and, and Priest... I mean, Cesaro can carry a mop to a five-star match. Let's be frank. And it's not like Priest needs to be carried. But we always talk about how looking good in a loss. Priest could look good in a loss to Cesaro. He could, just like Dragunov looked awesome in a loss to Cesaro, and he looked awesome in a loss to Balor. I just, and he looked awesome in a loss to Volter. Yes, I just think that you could have gotten somebody else out there on that SmackDown roster. I just think there was somebody else you could have put out there versus one half of your tag team champions. Whether it was, like I said, shit, I keep bringing them up. Alice the Black, have him come out. Have um, Andrade come out. Have Rey Mysterio come out. I know Rey Mysterio is right now dealing with that whole um, Dominic and um, Corbin angle that's going on right now. But this, you so know, would have been a good match. You could have done. Uh, put Chad Gable out there. Well, he was part of the obstacle course, so you're not going to have him out there twice in one evening. Valid. So oh, I'm just looking just, through the There's just the other roster. things. There's just other people you probably could have put out there is all I'm saying. F- put Nakamura out there. That would be fun. I mean, an open challenge and your tag team partner comes out and answers the call? Yeah. That's... Come on. Talk about setting something up for the Rumble. <sighs> Maybe they're saving that. Maybe they're going to do it in the coming weeks before the Rumble. I don't know. But... That would, if Cesaro continues to do this open challenge thing, maybe they get the callback to him and um, Nakamura. Maybe I, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, that'd be. I wouldn't be against that. To be no. frank, no, exactly. Um, before we get to what you wrote down next, how about Sami Zayn handcuffing himself? Okay, so 
I <laughs> Sami Zayn. So I will tell He's... you this right now. Um, I think I texted you when I first saw it. I said, "You see that white shirt where Sami Zayn's drawn drawn on that says I am Sami Zayn." I yeah. told you straight out. I was like, "If that becomes a shirt, I'm freaking buying it." Meredith got me it for Christmas. It came in last week. I've worn it three times since. That's awesome. <laughs> it is one of the dumbest design shirts, but that makes it so good because it was just to make fun of Sami Zayn. What was a worse design, that or the B team? Oh yeah, okay. Curtis Axel and um, Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas's B team shirt. Yeah, which one was worse? Um, oh, God. I would say probably, God, the B-team shirt was pretty bad. Yeah, it was, especially because they put all their heart and soul into that. And the thing was, is the I Am Sami Zayn one was thrown together by a couple of people in the backstage area. Yeah, and it was it was that much better. It was better. to make fun of him. It wasn't him that made that shirt. The B-team were the ones who made their own shirt. Yeah, and it was trash. Yeah, it was. Um, anywhom, um... Yeah, that was great. It was a lot of fun that he was out there for every segment. It wasn't like he showed up, handcuffed himself, and then they didn't Just show him at all. Yeah. He was there. No, he was in the every background single holding a entrance. sign. Like, holding a sign saying, Justice for Sammy. And <laughs> Justice for Sammy and stop. It was it was one sign that spelled his name It was his name, name spelt out, Sammy. I just don't remember what it said. Oh, I swear. It's probably on WWE's Instagram. Let me just oh. double check it. But while you're looking that up, um, the intergender uh, match, the Sasha stuff, intergender match was so good. So good. I mean, there wasn't a lot of offense done by Reginald. It looked like he was just trying to do a lot of counters and flips and stuff to get away from Sasha. But Sasha gets the clean tap out versus Reginald. I don't know if you've done any research. Isn't he like Ninja Warrior or Cirque du Soleil or something like that? Cirque du Soleil. Okay. I knew it was one or the other. So the sign that says Sammy, it says stand against moral injustice. Stand against moral injustice. That is awesome. Oh man. Sammy Sammy's contract comes up at the towards the later half of this year. I really hope. I really hope he stays with the E. I do I too, but there's word there's word that he might move to AEW as El Generico. I know. There's been talks about that. I've seen some stuff on the internet. I just don't want that. I would like if he did like almost... Remember? Oh, you're young. So anybody out there who listens to us, remember when Owen Hart came out as, I believe it was the... Not the Patriot. The Patriot. I don't think he was the Patriot. It was somebody else. I don't remember who it is, but he wore a mask. It was actually what actually got him killed uh, when he fell from the rafters was the intro for that character. But he was still Owen Hart, and everyone knew it was Owen Hart. I'd almost like them to like basically do what they're doing with The Fiend with um, Bray Wyatt, but do this with El Generico and Sami Zayn and just be like, hey, listen, Sami, I think you've got something and you can like make a huge callback to people like, you know, Hulk Hogan being the masked American, you know, hero or, um, again, Owen Hart being the masked patriot or, you know, any of these other people who have put on masks just to hide themselves, even though it's clear as day who the hell it is. I, I'd love to see that with the E. I think they could really do something. And I think that's AEW's idea with it 
if we're going to be frank and honest, is that they're going to do something along the lines of this guy who's just wearing a mask, but everybody knows it's really him just based on moveset and the way he goes around the ring and the way he talks and stuff. I just, that's the, that's the route I see. I just don't want to see him leave the E because I think they could really, I know they haven't used him well in years past, but let's not forget he is an intercontinental champion. He has held multiple tag team titles. He was an NXT champion. He makes chicken salad out of chicken shit whenever the E hands him stuff. So, yeah, I'm just saying, give it a chance. Sammy, please re-sign with the E. You don't want to just be somebody else on AEW who's there just to spike a rating and then all of a sudden a couple of weeks later, I mean, look what FTR is doing right now. Not much of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, because the, the, the biggest name in AEW right now is also an Impact superstar and the second biggest name is a, uh, a 60-something-year-old man with face paint. Yeah. And then so, if you want to go with the third and fourth biggest names, um, both of them are Impact Superstars as their tag team champions who are just showing up on AEW right now. Exactly. In uh, Sex Ferguson, Doc Gallows, and uh, Luke, uh, um, Carl Anderson. Yep. But moving on to Sami Zayn again, um, the Intercontinental title match between Biggie and Apollo Crews um, ended in no contest because Sami Zayn caught himself out of his own handcuffs, went in, Haluva kicked them both, and walked out. Yep. We're getting a triple threat match between those three some point. Rumble. And I would love if Sammy won the title back. I want him to, too. Um, which that could set up Biggie moving on to bigger things. I just wonder, um, they didn't continue anything from last week when it came to Apollo Crews talking to Roman Reigns. So I want to see where that might go this upcoming Friday because this is the go home show to the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Tonight's so, uh this week is the go home to the Rumble. Yes it is. So Yeah, I know it's we definitely a lot of a lot of last minute things. Um like I was just as I saw on uh Instagram, two more names uh for the Rumble, John Morrison and Sheamus have uh declared for the Rumble. Okay. So Morrison's getting eliminated very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Probably by Sheamus. <laughs> Probably. Let's be real. Um, um, Belair and Bailey, the uh, obstacle course, that was a lot of fun. Like I said, I loved the segment. I loved the idea when they first announced it. Obviously, Bailey um, tried to cheat to win by having weaker obstacles, having to carry Chad Gable on her back and stuff like that. And then Bianca Belair blew through the obstacle course, carried yeah. Otis, and won the competition for Bailey just to destroy her afterwards like a chicken shit heel that she is. Yeah, which I mean, it's working. It's it's a lot of fun uh, between these two. Oh, super fun, definitely. Um, we'll definitely see something between those two in the rumble. Yes, and then we will. and then the the last segment. Um, Adam, Adam Pierce's Pierce, own tactic came back to bite him in the ass. Where uh, Heyman started coming out in his suit, and I saw that I was like, oh god, this isn't going to be a match. Blah blah blah. Um coming out taping up his hands and everything and everything getting ready and starts to go up the uh the ramp stair uh the stairs to the ring and uh rolls his ankle Uh-oh. and then says straight out to, says straight out to pierce card subject to change and i was like oh boy here comes main event jay uso no roman's music hits i was like well damn <laughs> 
Pierce yep. is going to get his ass laid out. Eats a Superman punch. Pretty sure he eats a spear. Um, and then homeboy Kevin Owens comes out for the save and absolutely demolishes Everybody. Roman Reigns. Yeah, pop a power bomb right through the table. Yeah, which I saw that I was like, wait a minute, this isn't the go home because that would have sealed his fate that he's losing that last man standing match. He's still losing that last man standing match, but um, Roman Reigns might get the upper hand this week. Or they might just end fighting. I would love it if they went off the air this Friday with them just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's on top or anything like that. They got to be broken up by, you know, multiple Referees and officials and all that. And Adam Pearce comes out and eats a Superman punch or something. Yeah, exactly. It'd be fun. I love Adam Pearce, but, like, I like seeing him getting beat up. (laughs) I have no problem with it. Um, But, anyway... Uh, that pretty much finishes up our recap from the week. There is one bit of news that we need to go over um, that I I told Dave that we were going to talk about at the beginning of the show, but it's the end of the show, but we're still going to talk about it. NBC Universal's Peacock has purchased the WWE Network and will now be the home of all your streaming WWE. Crazy. For $4.99 so, a month, you're going to get Peacock Premium and you get no. all the WWE stuff. Yeah. For $9.99, you're getting Peacock Premium with ads and the WWE Network. You're getting just the WWE Network through Peacock for $4.99. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and then you can go up to $19.99, which is the full Peacock streaming with no ads, WWE Network included, and all that other fun stuff. Hmm. I've got to look at that just because of the fact that I want to cut some of my stuff out. And if Peacock provides a $5 cut right there. Well, not Instantine. even no, not even that. I'm talking about like, um, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, eliminate Netflix or Amazon or Hulu, one or the other. And yeah. if Peacock provides certain things, then I I'll just eliminate the one of the other ones. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Because Netflix just went up this year. Yeah, Netflix has gone up to like eighteen dollars an hour, it's or not stupid. eighteen an hour, an eighteen dollars a month. <laughs> That'd suck. Because I watched like four hours of Netflix today. Yeah, so did I. You know, kind of sitting around twiddling my thumbs waiting for COVID results to come in. Yeah. Um, but anywho, that basically wraps up this episode. Of course, if you guys liked it, you can share, subscribe, and all that fun jazz to the show on all your favorite streaming platforms, um, which is Spot, uh, Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. And we're going to try and get it else out elsewhere. Uh, you can also follow us on the social medias. I am at DJ Ald. I am der Laufen Doink 508. I will put that in the description for those who do not speak German and can't <laughs> spell it. Um, or you can follow our mutual page at Double Doink Network, uh, where I'm going to get better about it. I promise about posting multiple times a week, just clips and updates and stuff from the show and all of our opinions and everything. But other than that, I well, think that wraps one more everything thing. up here. You got one more thing? Yes. We are two weeks out from the Super Bowl. We are. We will be doing doinked pre-Super Bowl yes, to we talk will be about doing... the NFL season that was and the upcoming Super Bowl matchup between Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bradyneers and Patrick Mahomes and his Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be a good game, hopefully. Hopefully it's I not like, so. oh, it's going to be a good game when it was Jared Goff versus Tom Brady and the game ended 10-3. to 3. 
That was a great game, man. I don't care what anybody says. That was a I great love, defensive game. I, I agree. love defensive games. But anywho, that wraps up this episode. Of course, this has been a Double Doink Network production. I have been Josh. I have been Dave. And we've got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.